<laughs> See, you're exactly this type of person. You're always the person who wants to pull out and just come immediately right when you unzip your pants. You never wait. Alright. I mean... You just be yourself. <laughs> That's the best part about things is just going straight We're not forward. from Alabama. We don't do these things. <laughs> Alright. You do it... Hmm. What a shame. I mean, if you want to be technical, our family did come from Alabama years and years and years ago. <laughs> I mean, maybe we were from Alabama, but that really wasn't my choice. Yeah, that, that, not mine either. Swing low. Sweet. <laughs> that was way out of tune. That's how you know I didn't work in the fields. I mean, in any manner. Being from Alabama is still one step above being from West Virginia. Mm, I guess. Actually, no. I think West Virginia might be better. I think being from West Virginia is one step above just being from fucking, uh, I don't know, New England. Ooh, New England's pretty garbage. We're or anywhere lose... where there's Cowboys fans. You know. We're gonna we're gonna lose so oh god we're gonna lose so many listeners. We're gonna lose all of the East Coast specifically. Just like you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna have Illinois, I guess, for a while until you fuck that up too. But it'll happen eventually. Eventually. What the fuck are you doing with your fan? I'm trying to like fix my fan. My fan's all twerk because like it like broke off from like the the part that's like holds up the fan it broke from the base mm-hmm. so like my my fan is just consistently like just like, <laughs> like falling into the arms of nothing and you would think with my with my check i would get another fan but i don't want to spend my check you don't want to spend your check on on anything everybody else is spending it on stupid ass shit like body pillows and whatnot like i don't necessarily need that just yet <laughs> just yet i just kind of want to like wait wait out and see if i can buy something good like a ps4 or a switch or i don't know a russian prostitute and i'm gonna name him greg just that would be the american name that would be the best time to buy a switch since james Lionel bob's video games coming out well, I thought about getting a Switch from GameStop because they're like two, they're about the same as like what they had the play the used PS4s for, so it's mm-hmm. like two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But it's the Switch Lite. The so, Switch Lite should be a two hundred bucks. Exactly, it should be two hundred bucks. But also, like I was looking into it, like the Switch Lights, you can't even like take off the little controllers, and you can't even like put it on your TV. Like it's all just it's, it's like primarily a mobile handheld thing. It is. Like, that's why I'd rather have, like, I'd rather wait to get a Switch or to get a PS4. I really want a PS4, though. Like, I don't know. I might get a Switch maybe, like, next year, but I primarily want a PS4. But again, that, I'm always behind the times when it comes to video games. With all that banter, we should probably introduce ourselves. Um, oh, yeah. This is the Natural Disasters of Wrestling podcast. I'm Don. I'm Matt. And we can talk about other shit than wrestling because, I mean, wrestling is not... I wouldn't say the greatest right now, but it's not. It's there's not a whole lot happening either. It's actually been a pretty busy uh, news week. News-wise, yes, but any sort of like entertainment-wise content, because I mean, like everybody's, especially ROH, they're putting up a whole lot of like old school matches, a lot of good matches, but a lot of old matches, regardless. Um, I guess we should start by the show off proper. Or not by proper, but uh, we should start with the downer. Um, or not necessarily downer, but uh, yeah, Velveteen Dream. Oh, are we really gonna talk about that? There's nothing yeah. really like, but but see the thing though is I really don't want to talk about that because there's nothing really to add about that. Everything went quiet. I was just gonna mention that he's facing Adam Cole next week. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> this is why you didn't build me up to it. <laughs> I hate you. Oh my god. <laughs> well, this has been the National <laughs> of Wrestling. I'm Matt. I'll see you guys later. Uh, um, I mean, there's not much to say about the whole situation, so, yeah. <laughs> Matt's literally turned his back on me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, fuck you, that was funny. Uh. <laughs> it's 
the best you've gotten me in a while. <laughs> That's that was good. That was good. But yeah, Velveteen Dream's facing Adam Cole next week for the NXT title. And that's all we're going to say on that. Well, uh, that's certainly something. Yep. Okay, now that we bring that up, though, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, so here's my thing. If there is anything... I don't think WWE would pull the trigger on that match if there was something there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they so easily got rid of, or they so easily transitioned from Reigns versus Lesnar to Strowman versus Lesnar in a matter of like seconds. So yeah. I don't see why they would they wouldn't already pull the whole dream and whole thing. So I guess okay. Um, I don't know, but still, like for me personally, it doesn't feel like because uh, okay, so there's like a bunch of shit that I want to say that I probably shouldn't say because none of it is necessarily verified. But like, I don't know, there was just a really sketchy thing to it that it doesn't feel like there was any sort of justice brought to the whole thing. I agree. So like, that's why it's just like, okay, well, like, how come nobody said anything in favor of Dream either? I don't know. I agree. But anyway. um, interesting, more interesting news. This has actually been, this is uh, something that's been reported in the last 20 minutes or so. Uh... So it looks like the governor of Florida has announced that they can now have fans in attendance for sporting events at a 25% capacity with social distancing. That sounds dumb. That sounds really dumb. I don't understand. Like, again, like, I still don't understand what, like, why these people are in such a rush to get like everybody out there already like it's not even just like oh the economy is just like the economy is going to be fine like regardless like even if you were to like continue like making these bills to help bail people out that aren't just corporations like actual nope you broke up there oh fucking people like if you didn't give every oh fuck I know it froze there we go okay if you didn't give people just one fucking $1200 check like people would be fine like if you give them at least that 2000 that people were talking about like that'd be good but that's not what we're getting. And that's not what anybody's getting. Instead, people are just like, no, go fucking go to a movie theater because, you know, there's the backbone of America, which they aren't. Not to say that they're not important, but they're not. It's not the most important thing right now. Um, the most important crazy. thing is, you know, your health and safety. Yeah, not going to the hair salon or like I have, like see here's the thing is that I get how a lot of people feel it's just like oh like even if it's not an essential business even if it's like the business like I understand like not wanting to go I mean wanting to go back to work but like don't blame everybody else for making you stay inside blame your state and blame your local government for not taking care of you more yeah like I, and, also, I, and also everybody that always says obey the fucking law isn't obeying the law. Yeah. All of a sudden, everybody wants to be rebels. Like, oh, you're taking away my freedom. You know what? Political tattoo right here, real quick. So, yes, this is, we're recording this May 1st. Um, yesterday on the 29th of April, 2020. 30th or 20th? Uh, huh? 39th or 29th? 20, 29th or 30th? 30th. Okay. So, yesterday on the 30th of April, 2020, uh, there was a protest in Michigan for, you know, stay-at-home order. And these people came in, you know, with guns. What the fuck do you need... What the fuck do you need semi-automatic guns for at a protest? Yeah, like, unless you're actually, like, that's... I mean, is, is Michigan an open carry state? It is an open carry state. But, again... What the fuck do you need? What do you need guns for if you're not, if you don't want to be perceived as a threat? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not going to use it. Okay, but you have the gun, so why do you need it in the first place for? Yeah. Like, oh, because I can have it. Okay, but why? Because you're going to hurt somebody with it. Well, I'm not going to hurt somebody. No, you're going to fuck, if, you, if you're not going to hurt somebody with it, why do you need to be fucking carrying it around? Yeah. We can go back in circles and circles and circles of this, but it's still the fact that you want to seem like you're bigger in a more intimidating way, but you also want to play the victim. So which fucking is it? And the people who are protesting this, like, they're not protesting because 
they want to go back to work. They want everyone, you know, they, they want, want their barbers. They want their services. Yeah, they want their services. They they don't want specifically, they don't want to be the ones specifically going to work. They want everybody else that does it for them to go back to work. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be like you and have their haircut cut by their mom. Yeah. Hey, I like my haircut. <laughs> you just have to say that because you live there. <laughs> I like my haircut. She did a good job. Well, mommy, give me a dolly pop when I finish. I'm gonna tell her you want one too. Lollipop, sure. No, the haircut. No, but I will take some of those uh, Puerto Rican cokes though. Yeah, those are so good. I only had one, and I regret not bringing more. Next time I go out to California, I'll bring you a ton. Do it. All right, enough of the tirade. Let's get back into the news. Uh, uh, I'd help if I unlock my iPad. Good job. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting with this whole 25% capacity thing because uh, Double or Nothing does have their pay-per-view on the 23rd for AEW. Which is going to be an empty arena so far, yeah? Yeah, so far, yes. But now with this, this could actually be... But they were still going to hold it in... Wait, were they still going to do it in Nevada or were they just going to do it in Florida? I think they were going to do it in Florida, Daly's Place. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't think they're necessarily, they would necessarily be that irresponsible because like if they're, because they don't want to be the first ones, because if they were the first ones to have fans, they're going to have a lot more uh, eyes on them because they're such a bigger company and be, well, because they're one of the top two right now and mm-hmm. because they're so new. So they're going to say either they're being irresponsible about it or that they're being brave about it. And if it's at the end of May, I think it's far too soon. I think if they were to wait, Unfortunately, I hate to say this because I understand how much it's going to hurt, but if they were to wait at least until the end of the summer, I think that would be a lot more responsible. I agree. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, um, anybody that, like, because, like, uh, did you watch, um, did you watch, um, Fat Man Beyond last night? No, I did not. So, uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin were talking about, uh, this, like, uh, movie theaters right now. And because you know how the whole Trolls, the uh, you know how Trolls Two or whatever that Troll movie, the World Tour, yeah. or whatever came out. Trolls World Tour did like gangbusters money on. Uh, they did a bunch theater. of they they did a bunch of money, but they did it um, through streaming. Yeah. And so because they did it through streaming, AMC and Regal got pissed and said that they were no longer going to uh, show any Universal movies in their theaters. Now this happened. Um, this past, obviously, this uh, within like the past month or two, mm-hmm. they did this before. When do you remember Tower Heist, that Eddie Murphy movie? Yeah. So they did this back then at Tower Heist, and they got essentially the same backlash. Except this time, you know, um, it only makes sense for these people who are putting out movies to do do it this way, so that way because they get back their money. Um, but movie theaters, obviously, I mean, they they can yell and threaten as long as they can but like fast 2 comes out next year and that's a universal movie yep they're not gonna leave that two billion on the floor but the point of that is that two billion on the floor at all like but the point of this is is that like movie theaters are gonna open at some point regardless but i mean even if they were to do it like next week i can guarantee a lot of people wouldn't go yeah like it's far too irresponsible to like pack literally a hot box of people in like that could possibly be sick or possibly not could not be sick and even if they like even if people are taking precautions there's gonna be a bunch of dumbasses who are just like oh i'm in the theater or i'm doing my six feet i could take off my mask anyway it's like no you can't the whole point of wearing the mask is to keep the fucking mask on until you're home in case you are sick you don't infect anybody else yeah like it's it any if anything opens up before like the summer i'm not going to it even I think in the summer, like I don't think I will go and go to anything until like September. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. Like that's me personally. Like I wouldn't do anything until September just because this thing's gonna stick around for a while. And like, um, and like, there's obviously not gonna be um, any sort of like vaccine or anything for a while. And like that's not something I'm necessarily worried about right now because like obviously this, these, this is a thing that takes time, uh, but like until like there are more measures that can 
you know, make sure everybody is as healthy as possible, like there's more testing, there's more ways to keep people like separated from each other, then that's what I'm gonna wait for. No, keep talking, I need to go downstairs just real quick. All right, so I'm gonna talk about real quickly what Cody Rhodes says on Zack Ryder on, and if AEW will sign him. So, recently, Cody Rhodes, you know, was doing a Q&A on Instagram, and he was asked about whether or not, whether or not uh, AEW would sign Cody, or Cody Rhodes would sign Zack Ryder, um, as he was one of the really superstars two weeks ago. Uh, he, this is what he said. He said, Zack Ryder is the best. He's got over 2 million followers on Twitter and over a million followers on Instagram. A very broad influence, incredibly famous, more famous than many guys out there. But that doesn't always translate. The biggest hurdle I face is his friendship with me. He's one of my only real close friends in wrestling. Maybe my only friend in wrestling. I have a brother in AEW. I have a beautiful wife. And they do all, all the work. This can't be all friends wrestling. You have to handle the best way. If you put the nightmare family jacket, you have a massive bullseye on your back just in the locker room alone. It's a total heat seeker. But I'm looking forward to what he does next. He'll turn a lot of heads. I think I think and hope our paths will cross the road. He's just entering his prime of his his wrestling prime. Men's, men's wrestler's prime is 35 to 40. He's got a point. Uh, somebody tried contradicting him. Uh, did you see? No, I didn't see that part. So, so somebody posted up a tweet about like I think he said like around the time this when this started. He's just like, yeah, like why wouldn't I give, um, why wouldn't I give not only my friends but just other wrestlers an opportunity to showcase what they can do. Um, and it's kind of verbatim. It's not it's not exactly verbatim, but it's just like you know around that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tweeted back that it was like that quote what you just read and what he said before it was kind of in jest. Yep. So um, you know, it's one of those things where like he can send uh, sign Zack Ryder or he cannot, and that's all really all up to him. But he has a point. Like they don't have to take everybody that comes from WWE if they feel like he like him, and especially he. Oh, because they were talking about Heath Slater. He yeah. Said that he wouldn't take Heath Slater right away. Yeah. He's just like, okay, well, if he feels that Ryder and Slater have a spot right there right now, like they'll probably take them, but they're not going to do the WWE thing where they're just going to hold on to them, you know, until something pops up. Because what if nothing ever pops up? Like, let them go do the indies. Let Heath Slater go do Impact or fucking ROH or something or whatever is going to be. Let Heath Slater, you know what? You know what would be interesting to see? Heath Slater in New Japan. You know what? If MVP can do it, he can do it. I'll say, yeah. Well, MVP is different, though. MVP actually, MVP had like a lot, like, was actually used a lot more before he went to New Japan. I guess. Like you, you can't really like Heath Slater has always been like this, the, like the main jobber, like the most famous jobber essentially, like that. Like I'll has... have you know, Heath Slater won the first NXT match ever. Heath Slater is the main jobber and most famous <laughs> jobber of the WWE. Like, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a good wrestler. I'm sure he's a good wrestler, but it's just like we've never necessarily seen any of the stuff that he can actually do or do, you know, something fun. So like. Ugh. He did beat Doink the Clown, so you know I'll give you that. He, he did beat Doink the Clown. Do you mean, did you remember that summer? Do you remember that summer? Yeah, I do. The summer. I can't. Be- I can't. Be- I can't believe that they actually had him beat Doink the Clown. But I guess if he's gonna be one of them, I might as well be Doink. They had the Brooklyn Brawler beat him. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say they had Lita beat him, but like Lita could have beaten him with or without the APA. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. Um, oh, so we have some other releases to talk about real quick. Have a couple more, yeah. Uh, first of which is was just obviously Heath Slater. Well, yeah, was Heath Slater yesterday? Um, Curtis Axel was announced yesterday as well. Oh yeah, he said no. I thought he. Oh yeah, he said it was one of the original ones. My bad. I feel. I feel like that was more recent. Okay, you're right. Curtis Axel was announced yesterday. Uh, for those who don't know, who Curtis Axel is. He was the. He's the son of Kurt Hennings, as well as uh, Joseph Hen- uh, grandson of Joseph Hennings. Yeah, he's um, the baby of uh, Kurt Hennings. He's baby Henning. Yeah, he's Joseph Henning. His real name is Joseph Curtis Hennings Jr. So. 
it'll be interesting to see what he does next. Um, he was part of the B team, part of the social outcast, which included, which included uh, said Heath Slater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's started out as Michael McGillicuddy, which God, WWE 2000, like early 2010s, was horrible with names. Uh, yeah, Michael McKellar was a shitty. So, Skip I mean, I, mean, I was about to say it's not as bad as Skip Sheffield or Husky Harris. Yeah, they just really love those double lettered uh, words. They love the, the what's it called again? The ah, fuck! I know what you're talking about. I can't think. Of yeah, but yeah, they 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 were horrible with names. Um, here's the more bigger one was uh, Cain Velasquez. So, Cain Velasquez was, I guess, apparently part of the original releases, but it just wasn't announced. And apparently there are more names that are out there that are haven't been announced yet. That haven't been announced yet, but, you know, they were released two weeks ago. So, the Cain Velasquez one is a bit more of a shock because he's a pretty big name in the MMA world. And he had just signed a three-year pretty lucrative contract with WWE. And so when they announced it, this is coming from Fightful Select. So it said, uh, you know, the words, the word of Cain Velasquez came this week. There are other names that have been cut that WWE publicly hasn't announced yet. Everyone we've talked to at the WWE Performance Center said Velasquez was very nice and respectful when he, when he was around. His deal was scheduled to go on to the fall of 2022. And so they believe, a lot of people were believing that, you know, they just signed Cain Velasquez so he can take an L to Brock Lesnar, Crown Jewel, and that was it. I mean, that's obviously not the, that's not the reasoning, obviously. I mean, I agree that Kofi lost for nothing. Yeah. Um, but like, There's um during uh Bruce Pritchard podcast like they always talk about like why are we he, he said this about many people because they were just like why did you bring this person in if you're just gonna like treat them like shit and he's just like well I mean like we don't pay these people like a bunch of money just to bring them in just to you know have them lose to like the worst people or whatever like we like we have an initial story and sometimes it just doesn't necessarily go the way we want it to or like like, you know we have all these ideas but just like you know things don't pan out as they should or that we'd like them to so like there's i don't see the reasoning behind paying king velasquez a whole bunch of money to have him just lose to lesnar in one match and then just kind of not show up anymore like i'm sure they had a bunch of plans for him and i'm sure like uh, you know they wanted to do a whole bunch of stuff with him to like use him as like an attraction but with his injury and then with all this going on like yeah it makes more sense in the world to let him go now because then there's going to be losing a whole bunch of money that they're obviously trying to save because lord knows they need it and then one of the more surprising names that's been furloughed i should say not released but furloughed is uh gerald briscoe so gerald briscoe's been around as pretty much as long as ww as long as vince mcmahon's been with wwf He's kind of been one of the key players in helping Vince McMahon, you know, during the early days of the WWF and, you know, getting things off the ground. And so it appears that he's furloughed for however long it's going to be. So he's not completely gone with the company. No. But given that he's 73 years old, it's probably best for him to kind of just stay home. Yeah. Any of those older ones? Like, obviously, like a lot of these people, you know, they're not going to be gone for long. Uh, well, hopefully at least, but... I mean, it makes all the sense of the world to keep him at home. So, with that being said, we had some wrestling wrestling shows this past couple of days. Oh, wait, hold on real quick. Since before we finish the news, um, uh-huh. Ring of Honor cancels all their June events. Yes. Uh, thank you for pulling that out. So, um, they're from the press release, uh, the cancel shows include live events in Dallas in Ju- on June 5th, San Antonio on June 6th, in addition to the Best in the World pay-per-view in Baltimore on June 19th. So for the people that are uh, Dallas, the Buffer Dallas are gonna get their uh, refunds automatically. Um, or if you at least paid through Ticketmaster, you're gonna get your refunds automatically. If you bought uh, from the theater or the event center box office in Baltimore, you're gonna have to talk to them about a refund. But basically everybody's gonna be getting a refund regardless. So that makes all the sense in the world. 
to me. It does. Um, and then, oh, did you you did you see that interview with uh, Diana Prazo? Um, no, but go over it real quick. I, I I've I've seen her uh, posts kind of previously, but I didn't read the full interview. So you so, go ahead and. So she spoke to Fightful mm-hmm. because they were talking about they're asking her stuff about NXT and the main roster, and she kind of like it was interesting how she put it. I'll just read this short little part from it. Uh, this is her speaking to Fightful. I just feel that NXT, that NXT is a culture of you're grateful for what you get and you don't ask for more. And I wasn't grateful for what I got because I feel like I worked my ass off to get to NXT. I worked my ass off to prove I belonged there when I got there. I gave so much of myself to promos and having vignettes filmed on my own dime and my own time. I thought character ideas, vignettes for me as a tag team, for vignettes of me, Kelsey Green, and Rachel Evans, Rachel Evers as a trio for myself. I just invested a lot in me in different ways that they could use me and use my potential and it, and it did fall on deaf ears. Because when I got opportunities, they were given to other people because I wasn't ready and I didn't let it slide. So I don't know that all of us that express creative unhappiness, if that was the reason we were let go, because there's a few people that were in that group, but I definitely feel like, feel like that's frowned upon in NXT. For me, I feel like, and maybe it's just making myself feel better, but that was probably a reason why I was let go. Because I said a month ago, hey, I'm not happy. If you're not going to do something with me, let me go. Let me figure this out. Uh, let me figure this out somewhere else. Um, yeah, she's been in NXT, uh, or at least WWE, since 2018. And let's not forget that she went to NXT instead of re-signing with ROH and working with All In. Because she got pulled from All In the week of, right? Yeah, she got pulled in. She got pulled out of All In the week of. Because she was supposed to be in that Women's Fatal 4-Way. Yeah. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the original Fatal Four was supposed to be Tessa, Tessa Blanchard, uh, Chelsea Green. I can't remember the, but Diana Perazzo, and I can't remember the other one who was supposed to be. Uh, Britt Baker, or was Britt Baker the replacement? I think Britt Baker was the replacement. I don't remember who else was. Anyway, anyways, but yeah. It would have been great to see her next because she's she's really 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 talented in the ring. I mean, I love I love what she does in the ring. So, um, I, I, yeah, I remember uh, Prazo more in ROH than anything. Like, I kind of like I totally forgot that she was really in WWE until she started working in a lot of these like these empty arena performance show center stuff. I totally like I completely forgot that she had signed too because I mean, she I think she did the May Young Classic in 2018. And then, like, that was kind of really it that I remember seeing her in WWE. So, like, and it wasn't until recently when they started doing the empty arena shows. Even kind of a little bit before then, on, on NXT, they started featuring her a little bit more and more. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could tell she did not want to be there. Yeah. Like, it, it was in her face. Like, like, it was written all over her face. Like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, but I mean, hey, she's let go now, and so she, whenever everything clears up, she can look for. I mean, people are gonna want her. Yeah, she's, she's a name. She's a good name. She's she's a really really good name to have. But uh, yeah, I mean, she'll anywhere she goes, she'll do fantastic. Whether it's you know AEW, Impact, back to ROH, heck, even if she wants to Stardom, she'll do fantastic. Oh yeah, she was in Stardom. That's right. Yeah. So I'm hopeful for her future. But uh, yeah, so last week we had Smack, SmackDown and their 25th anniversary of uh, Triple H. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. So let's start out real quick. Uh, New Day opened up the show just kind of being New Day. Um, and it set up kind of like a bunch of bunch of uh it set up a bunch of contenders from madison Lucha house rain. party huh sorry madison rain was also in that all in yes madison rain sorry go on because it bugged me <laughs> no worries so they were you know they set up their whole thing with their new contenders which features lucha house party the miz and morrison That's as so- well as forgotten sons Lucha House Party is still a thing? Why is it? Yes. Because money. How? None of it makes any sense. 
You know, it's only a matter of time before we see Lucha House Party pinatas on WWE shop.wwe.com. Listen, they should have done it a long time ago. They should have done it last year. Yeah, they should have. Uh, next, we... next time you spend the night with a girl, you need to tell her it's under Lucha, Lucha House Party rules. <laughs> and then two guys pop out. Yeah. Uh, all right, so King Corbin defeated Drew Gulak to qualify for Money in the Bank. Uh, Sheamus defeated Daniel Vidots. Quick throwaway match. Uh, Lucha House Party defeated Miz and John Morrison. You had Lacey Evans defeat Shasta Banks to qualify for Money in the Bank. And then we had a video package between showing the history of Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. What's really interesting is, uh, so you know how I mentioned in the whole graphic thing? It's not The Fiend that he's facing, it's Bray Wyatt that he's facing. So he's doing the whole, what he did with Daniel Bryan again? With, uh, not with Daniel Bryan, but with Miz. Miz, Miz, yeah. Which makes no sense to me because it would be more of a Fiend match than anything. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. Maybe he doesn't need The Fiend. Maybe. Maybe Maybe he's feeling so strong after beating John Cena now that he doesn't need The Fiend right now for this. Here's my theory. So maybe because you know the fiend has more prestige and more, you know, ooh to it. Yeah, he has more of a mystique to him. That if he loses as Bray Wyatt, it doesn't hurt Bray Wyatt. It doesn't hurt the fiend. I'm thinking of Vince McMahon's logic. I mean, I get what you mean. Uh, I don't know. Oh, alliteration. That's what we were thinking of earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a pretty interesting little thing. And then uh, after that, we had the women's tag match, women's tag team championship match between Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross versus Carmella and Dana Brooke. Uh, Cross and Bliss won, obviously. They have a new, really, really nice, it's kind of like a 3D, but with a. Uh, but with a DDD instead of a cutter finisher. But with a what? So they have this uh, new finisher that's it's kind of like a 3D. Uh-huh. But instead of, you know, a cutter, it's also it's a DDT. Oh, oh that's interesting. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really, 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 really good. Like, I would I would love to see them do that through people in tables. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that through people. Well, unless it's like a... Like a face planning DDT because they're gonna let anybody go head first into a table with a DDT. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, we had the 25 year celebration of Triple H, and it was garbage. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. They brought up the goggly Vince gook. Vince again literally turned off the lights on them. Yeah. They they even brought up the Katie Vick thing. And oh God. Vince McMahon said this thing is worse than uh, the Bailey's. This is your life. I was about to say I love how they like they brought that up and even Vince was just like that wasn't Bailey's fault. <laughs> Gosh. Oh that was painful. It was I watched the whole thing last week and it was painful to watch. Like I was sitting through it and I'm just like Ugh. Um so then we had Raw which was, we'll just call it the Zelina Vega show because that's pretty much what it was. Not that I'm complaining. Yeah, you were. I mean, a little bit. You're like, you're compl- I'm complaining because Alistair Black got it before I did. <laughs> yeah. So, let me ask you a question. When you started dating Alistair, on what date did he hit you with a black mass? <laughs> and does he call it that when you guys get, you know, intimate? Is it even freaky? Do you do you get freaked out? Is it or is it just like normal? Like, is it like Jimmy John's freaky fast? <laughs> yes. And yeah, Matthew casting couch. Um. Okay, so we had a three started out with three way between Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black, Apollo Cruz versus you know Andrade. what that's the dream three way. Yeah, Andrade, Garza, and Austin Theory. Uh, I'm really surprised how fast Austin Theory has moved up. I'm really, really surprised. 
this just uh, this just, this is either gonna go really good or really bad. Yep. So Rey Mysterio, Black, and Cruz defeated them. Um, we had Shayna Blazer versus Asuka versus Nia Jax, which pretty much ended in an hands up in the air. I think it was a referee stoppage, if I'm not mistaken. Because, mm. well, I guess all three of them got disqualified because they started using weapons, so. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we had Bobby Lashley pretty much in a squash match against Denzel Dejadudalabla. What? I don't know how to pronounce the guy's last name. Okay. Not even gonna try. Okay. Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot, which saw Liv Morgan beat Ruby Riot. Uh, oh, it was a good match. I love how they brought Ruby Riot back to make it seem like she was gonna be a thing. Yeah. But yeah, she hasn't won a match ever since she came back. And then, uh, oh, we had the return of uh, the modern day Maharaj. So we had Jinder Mahal versus Akira Tozawa. Guess who won that match? No one. <laughs> wasn't the fans. It wasn't the fans. I, 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 hmm. Jinder Mahal is one of those people, again, another one that doesn't really do anything for me. Like, I tried to get into it when he became WWE champion, but I just, I just, hmm. Yeah, no. Like, so far from the, okay, like, I'm like, I think I was, like, hating on Heath Slater a little bit. It's not that I don't, I, I hate Heath Slater, it's just like, there's, I haven't found a reason to cheer for them. I mean, maybe the whole Heat's got kids. That was kind of fun. You don't miss a three-man bed? No, God no. I was about to say from the, all three of them, the only the only one I actually kind of like have started liking more is Drew McIntyre. You don't you don't miss a uh, social outcasts? Fuck no. You don't miss uh. Yeah, no, they're all stale. They're all pretty garbage groups. It was, it's just literally like reskins of the job squad. Basically. Um, okay, so after this, we had Paul Cruz versus Andrade for the US Championship. Like I said, Selena Vega show tonight. Um, and then it mentioned we're going to referee stoppage after after what seemed to appear, appeared to be a knee injury. Um, with Paul Cruz, and then uh, after that, it was announced that Apollo's is pulled from Money in the Bank. They're gonna have a, they're gonna have a, a match coming up this Monday for his replacement. Uh, Vince McMahon's favorite wrestlers, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, beated Everise. You really, what? really. From what I understand, uh, Apollo's injury is an actual injury. That's what I'm hearing too. It's like legitimately his knee. It'll be interesting to see um, where it goes up. Then we had the contract signing for Money in the Bank between Drew McIntyre as well and Seth Rollins. It was good. I mean, that part was good. I still don't understand. I still like don't understand WWE's. Um like logic and like giving Seth Rollins a title shot even though he lost at Wrestlemania but then again they did give Roman Reigns a title shot immediately at Brock Lesnar after he lost at Wrestlemania so what the fuck does anything mean anymore logic doesn't matter uh do you want to talk about AEW since you got a chance to watch it good sir yeah, I did, because I'm not the one that tried to make me watch Ready to Rumble. And <laughs> you still didn't watch it. I still haven't had a chance, but okay, just because somebody decided to quit two weeks early and somebody doesn't go to school, doesn't mean that I still can't, you know, get off of my shit, alright? It's an hour and 30 minute movie. Yeah. I have better stuff to do with my free hour and 30 <laughs> Like, now I'll watch Ready to Rumble. <laughs> All right, I'll let you talk about AEW real quick while I pull up my NXT notes. So AEW, uh, AEW was this past Wednesday on the 28th, 28th, 29th, 28th. Uh, we saw the semifinal eight, uh, yeah, semifinal match between Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen for the AEW TNT Championship Tournament. Uh, Cody won, unfortunately, 
Uh, don't get me wrong, I love Cody, but uh, again, this probably could have been a good finals match, Cody and Darby Allen. But, I mean, obviously, they're trying to get the whole uh, Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes to the finals, so, I mean, whatever. As, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, they're going for uh, Cody versus Archer, because they're not going to do Cody versus uh, Dustin again. But Or they're not going to do Archer versus Allen, but they really need to they really need to do something for Darby Allen, because they're... I mean, I mean, yeah, he has plenty of time or whatever, but I just want to see him do something big already. Yeah, um, I agree. They did another uh, part of the Scorpio Sky documentary talking about how he got involved with Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, MGF gives another up, uh, update on his injury status uh, and how he's been uh, rehabbing his hangnail. And uh, uh, his doctor has uh, told him that he's ever had the most miraculous turnaround that he's ever seen. And he's got the strongest nail in not only the business, but the world. Um, and then he was about to get ready to come to TV, but then guess what happened? You'll never guess what happened, Donald. What, what happened? What happened to him? He nicked his neck shaving. Oh my god, no, he's going to be out for like nine months now. He almost bled out in his bathroom. I just don't. And he, he was wearing a neck brace for the whole entire entire interview, so. Yeah. I mean, you know, my thoughts are with the Freedmans and their families, and just in case you don't know, um, for the people that did go to MJF's bar mitzvah, it was a cash bar, so you can still send donations to that same place that you sent the money for his cash bar. <laughs> uh, it was then there was a Musa versus Wardlow. Of course, it was a squash match for Wardlow, who won with the F10. Uh, we got a no disqualification, no count on match with the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent question mark versus Havoc and Sabian. Uh, best friends. That- it was a fucking match. It was a great match. It was a really, really good match. Uh, best friends win with an awful waffle onto chairs from Chuck Taylor onto Jimmy Havoc. Uh, we get uh, vignette of Dr. Britt Baker because uh, mm-hmm. she's been making these packages of her being a role model and whatnot. Uh, then we got Baron Black versus Sean Spears. Uh, Sean Spears won pretty quickly with the sharpshooter, which he says is now his, by the way. Yeah. He's the sharpshooter and saying it is no longer Bret Hart's. It is now his. Apparently, he got permission from Brad Hart. Uh, interesting. Uh, we saw Taz break down Lance Archer's blackout t- uh, blackout down, or blackout breaks down Lance Archer's blackout, whatever. Um, we get a video package of Marco Stun versus uh, Brody Lee, and then we get Brody Lee versus Marco Stun. And, um, I mean, it's fucking Brody Lee versus Marco Stun. Yeah, we, we already know where that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it was actually a good match. I mean, like, I love Marco Stun. Um, I, he's really fucking talented, but obviously, you know, Brody was gonna kick the shit out of him, which he does with a Brody bomb. Uh, we get a, a video package from the AEW champion John Moxley saying how he can't wait to be back in front of a live crowd again because you know that's what he wants. He's the he's the champion. There's nothing without the audience. Uh, but he is gonna be live next week. Apparently, uh, so also apparently, uh. Just a quick side note. Apparently, Renee Young got heat for him showing up on uh, WWE backstage. We don't know how much heat, but she got heat, apparently. Uh, but yeah, so next week, and they uh, they announced this after uh, the show finished. That's going to be Kenny Omega and John Moxley versus... Uh, it's... Uh, I can tell you right now. Oh, oh, oh. oh John... Uh, sorry. Yeah, it's... No. I'm sorry, uh, I'm wrong. It's Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. Matt, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy versus uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Yes. And Moxley is supposed to be live next week on Dynamite. Yes, Moxley's going to be live. He will face Kazarian. And, and we'll MJF. Be... MJF will be there as well. Yes. Uh, let's see what else. And, oh, and then we have the last match, the last semifinal match. Dustin Rhodes versus Lance Archer. Um... He fucking fucking Dustin. Dustin was incredible. Like you, like honestly, like how would you have felt of Dustin versus Cody again before the finals this time? I would have been okay with it because, uh, I mean, I would have been okay with it. I just feel like it's you know it's already been seen. How would you have felt if if it was Cody versus Dustin, but Dustin wins? He becomes not only their first TNT champion. But probably going to be the oldest TNT champion, and then they do maybe an angle of Cody versus Dustin. I mean, I mean, you know, they pair Dustin and Cody up for a bit, but then 
first pay-per-view back, you get Dustin versus Cody for the TNT Championship and like a cage match or like a submission match or something. Ooh, that'd be nice. Because they would have you would have them at one and one against each other. Yeah. And not only are you putting up that tiebreaker, but you're also putting up the title on the line. And again, you're putting up brother versus brother. Like that, that's always a good, that's always a good pairing. Like even with the Hardys, with the Hearts, like that's always been good. Yeah. Um, like I seriously like uh, maybe it's just me maybe because I have like a really big affection for a lot of these people like especially Dustin but I really want to see Dustin with the TNT championship or even the AEW championship I think he's he has the clout to to hold it down as AEW champion I agree I uh, I, I 100% agree and I, w- I would like to see that but the I I already knew where they were going to go with this once I saw Lance Archer on the opposite side of the bracket of Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, it was always going to be Lance versus uh, Cody, and who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe uh, I mean, I have a feeling that Lance Archer is going to win, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're going to—I don't know—maybe Cody goes away for a bit. Maybe we get Dark Cody. Maybe we get like Bullet Club Cody. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, Lance Archer uh, beats Dustin Rhodes. The problem. The problem with turning Cody heel is that there's just too many he has too many fans he has too many fans there's there's a a lot of heels as it is yeah like if you if you turn him heel does the rest of the nightmare family become heel does the rest of the elite become heel like there's too many working pieces for that yeah but yeah uh yeah nightmare family come and check on dustin and then Cody and Lance Archer stare each other down, and that's AEW. It was good. It was a good ending. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But now from the t-shirt company, let's talk about NXT. I'm only saying it like that because you, for the last three weeks, you've made me watch NXT. You know what? You're welcome, though, all right? Because you want... Like, I'm still going to watch Ready to Rumble, but you're the motherfucker that is just like, we need to watch Ready to Rumble, and you need to buy it. You need to pay for it. It's $4.99. Yeah, that's $4.99. I'll probably never get back. They should be paying me, like, $10.99 to watch Ready to Rumble. All right, so NXT opened up with... uh, NXT opened up with the Cruiserweight tournament with El Hijo de Faltesba versus... Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, lots of good back and forth between these two guys. Uh, Swerve defeated Phantasma, so now they both stand at one and one. And then next up was Candice Theray versus uh, Casey Cantazaro. Uh, How do you like Dark Candice? Or Evil Candice? I don't like it. Sour Candice. Sour Candice. Sour Candice. I don't like it. I, I don't like dark Candace. It's just... What did they call her? The Poison Pixie? Yeah, the Poison Pixie. I kind of like it. It's interesting. It's, a, it's something new. It's something fresh, because, like, what did you get from Candace Array other than Mrs. Gargano? That's true. I mean, she still feels like Mrs. Gargano, just, you know, dark Gargano. Just naughty Gargano. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was an okay match. They had a... They had a post-match thing where Candace was... I forgot who it was that was backstage with, with her. And uh, Candace was like, this is my show now. And then uh, after that, we had my favorite segment of the whole fucking show. Oh, yeah. I still haven't seen it yet. So Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher's The Newly Bro Shows. So it's, it was set up like a game show type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, where... Byron Saxon came out, came out as like a game show host, and started asking questions. And they had full laugh tracks and like audience tracks in the background. You had Timothy Thatch, you had Timothy Thatcher like just looking around like, like what the fuck's going on? Uh, one of my favorite things was uh, so they asked Timothy Thatcher, you know, what did, what did uh, what did Matt Riddle eat for breakfast? And then he's like, he's like, I don't know. And then uh, Matt Riddle showed his answer. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know either. He's like, he, he's like, usually he's like, I, he's like, usually I, I wake and my wife bakes. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking gold. That's a way to do it. Yep. 
it, it is a fucking beautiful, beautiful segment. Go watch it. Um, it was interrupted by Imperium. I forgot what what two members of Imperium it was, but they beat the shit out of them, and that was it. Uh, then we had Charlotte Flair versus Mia Yim in a really, 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 really good match between the two. Charlotte Flair ended up winning by submission, which I don't agree with. I'm gonna... Did you read, or did you see somebody posted up an article about... Or it wasn't an article, just an opinion about how Charlotte Flair beating the NXT women does not build up the NXT women? No, I didn't read that, but I 100% agree with it. Tell me your reasons why. Um... Here's my thing. Charlotte Flair really doesn't have anything to prove when it comes to NXT. Uh, NXT what... is never going to be seen uh, other than the developmental, even though it's no longer developmental. Yeah. But... And putting her, you know, against, like, having her go over pretty much everyone in NXT, only really, like, we haven't seen Rhea Ripley since she lost to Charlotte Flair. And. I think that's kind of hurt her overall presentation. She she went into WrestleMania looking very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen her since. And it's just, like, it's hurt her overall persona. Um, having her beat Mia Yim by submission really hurts Mia Yim. Because, you know, you have Mia Yim, who's supposed to be the head bitch in charge. That's what HBIC stands for. And you know, for her to lose, like for her to lose by submission, you know, it would be different if it would be different if uh, it would be much much different if she lost. Say, for example, she didn't tap out, but she just you know passed out from exhaustion. Uh-huh. Like I would be okay with that. Like I'd be okay for that, but I don't. I don't think putting Charlotte on NXT helps elevate NXT any anything at all. Like it doesn't really benefit the brand to me personally. Um, but either way, so I guess Io Shirai is going to be her new challenger. And then after that, we had a we had a reveal that. Cri- I guess Killer Cross is coming next week. Mm-hmm. So that should be interesting. Then we had Dexter Loomis versus Shane Thorne. For those who don't know who Dexter Loomis is, he's a former Samuel Shaw. He looks creepiest. Like he pulls creepy off to the teeth. They've, they've been doing really good. They kind of changed them up from originally what they had him at. I think he should probably kept his original name, Samuel Shaw. That's pretty. I mean, it's still pretty serial killery. That's pretty creepy still. Um, but I like the whole, uh, I like the whole like uh, the apron, the gloves and shit. Like, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he also looks very dumbish, but also again, he still looks pretty creepy. Yeah. Um. So he beat, he beat Thorn by submission. He, uh, he has a really, really, really good uh, submission hold. I can't remember the name of it, but it was. Like his submissions are thing of beauty. Uh, then we had Drake Maverick versus Tony Nice in the cruiserweight bouts, and uh, yeah, so Maverick won. He's now one and one. Nice is a zero and two. And so I'm really hoping that they kind of do something with Maverick that where he, because a lot of the a lot of the people are one and one now. Yeah. Wait. So this is this is almost like. Uh... This isn't a single elimination tournament? No, it's not a single Everyone's facing everybody. Everybody's facing everybody throughout the whole tournament. So wait, they had so group favors. So this is like a New Japan tournament then? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're actually, wait, this, they're actually doing a tournament tournament in WWE? Yeah. Huh. They're actually doing a for real, for real tournament. Huh. So everyone from Group A faces everyone from Group A, and then everyone from Group B faces everyone from Group B once. Then, you know, they Group A versus Group B. And the most amount of uh, wins is the one who wins. Interesting. So, 
Um, then we had our main event of the evening, which was Keith Lee versus Damian Priest for the NXT North American Championship, which uh, Lee won, obviously, because, you know, everyone's got to bask in his glory. Um, so for those who aren't keeping track, last week, Priest attacked Priest attacked uh, Keith Lee with a nightstick. He tried bringing back the nice stick again, but ended up getting spirit bond for his uh, troubles. And yeah, that was uh, NXT in a nutshell. It was pretty good. You cut out. I said that was NXT in a nutshell. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, we only have one last thing to talk about. I will make this quick and painful. No, no, go go ahead. Take as long as you need. So, you, like whatever other girl tells you, take as long as you need. Just don't finish on my back. Just don't finish on my hair. We were supposed to do this uh, a couple weeks. Ago. Like, we, we were supposed to do this a couple weeks ago because I've had no. This just last week, right, motherfucker? <laughs> uh, so twenty years ago, and get some change now. Razor to Rumble came out. Ready to Rumble came out, and for those who aren't familiar with Ready to Rumble, it's it came. It it's about two marks who go to basically become wrestlers. It's I, I don't know how to describe it. It's 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 a thing of horror and a thing of beauty at the same time. So, I pulled up five interesting facts about this. Um, David Arquette was in this movie. Forgot the rest of the cast names. God damn it! It was David Arquette. It was uh, Oliver Pratt, Scott Hahn, yeah. Bill Goldberg, Rose McGowan, DDP, Joe Pentel- Pentolino, and yeah. Martin Landau. And it was directed by Brian Robbins. And so, I have five very interesting facts about this movie. Um. Number like one of the first things is uh, there's actually supposed to be a sequel, but it never, it never kind of came out. The movie didn't make its money back, so obviously anything for a sequel just didn't happen. Um, and also, it's never going to be on a WWE network because Warner Brothers owns the rights to all the footage for that, for the movie. So as long as Warner Brother owns it, oh, we look at this. It's now three dollars on. Uh, on YouTube. We'll see. I'll still watch it, don't worry. So. But let's look at this real quick. It made, it, its budget was 24 million. Yeah. And box office, it made half, it made almost half, a little more than half their money back. It made 12.5 million. That's insane. It was released on April 7th, 2000. Oh, you broke up there. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was released on April seventh, two thousand. Mm-hmm. It was made by Outlaw Productions, Valor Entertainment, and Tolan Robbins Productions, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Literally the, so. And if you want to blame anybody for it, it was written by Stephen Brill. Oof. So literally, it, the money it made back was pretty much just enough to pay Michael Buffer to pay for that one scene where he says "Ready to Rumble." I mean, yeah, you know, he made his money. Yep. Um, so originally Eric Bischoff was going to play himself, but because uh, so because of you know issues with Time Warner, he was let go of WCW just a couple of months before the filming was was beginning to, to shoot. Yeah, they didn't want him in the leadership role anymore. Yep. And according to Bischoff, you know, the film was a pet project of his, and the original script was a lot more dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, he was basically on the outs at the time, so Time Warner was just like, Time Warner kind of like looked at everything loud. We're going to make this funny. Yeah, maybe it was in his best interest to not be in this after all. Yep. Uh, more interestingly enough, DDP uh, has got on the record in 20, 2013 saying, you know, he suggested to Warner Brothers that the film should end with King, you know, the King and him hugging each other after the match and telling, you know, Kane and Arquette's characters who are, you know, not who are kind of like just 
looking around like boys welcome to the business and you know before their heads exploded uh... so that would have been I, I think that would have been such a better ending that would have been a good ending but obviously for kayfabe reasons because kayfabe was still a thing then yeah, yeah. you knew it wasn't going to happen it would work now it would definitely work now 100% work now if they did that uh, so Robert so uh, Oliver uh, Platt yeah. accidentally punched the shit out of uh, Randy Savage in one of the scenes Oof. so in the scene it, you have a basically macho man and his girlfriend his girlfriend at the time, uh, Stephanie Bowers, who oh. appeared like they're in the very, very first scene where they're kind of like in the this convenience store, like it's a daydream sequence where it's a daydream sequence where uh, David Arquette's character and Oliver Pratt, who plays the king, are fighting, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage, and during the thing and at the store clerk and during the thing, Oliver Pratt accidentally just decked Randy in the eye. And then, like, you could actually see in the outtakes when it happens, because he immediately becomes super apologetic. He's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. He's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, are you okay? Well. And, uh, you know, Macho Man just kind of, like, left it off. Yeah. And then, interesting enough, though, is, uh, so, the uh, stunt doubles for this, so Chris Canyon, who was Oliver Pratt's uh, stunt double for this, for this, yeah. He uh he was also one of the fight choreographers for the film and he wore a fat suit like to kind of match the body style to, to Oliver Pratt. And apparently Oliver Pratt was like really, really, really like not into that. Yeah. Uh Shane Helms also was the stunt double for David Arquette during the during the filming of it. Uh-huh. And so yeah, it was pretty interesting. So they had uh, so they had a lot of uh, one of the things that they also said was they had a lot of the fans who were in the crowd for the filming part of the wrestling show was Hispanic, just so they can get get them to sing along with a lot of the songs, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah. Shane Holmes, like, I didn't realize, I completely forgot that he was, you know, doing the stunt, stunt work for that. And Chris Canyon, I can't believe, did any stunt double work for it. Because, like, when you look at Oliver Oliver Pratt and, you know, Chris Canyon, you don't see any resemblance there at all. And again, also, like, you only see them for, like, a couple seconds, so nobody really thinks twice of it. Anyways. It's true. But, uh, yeah, it's Chris Canyon, rest in peace. I mean, that was really, really great timing of his. Um... After like rewatching it for like nostalgia purposes and to do this, it's not that bad of a movie. Bonus fact. I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Go on, because I want to read off the rest layers after this. Yeah. Bonus fact. Uh, John Cena appeared in this. That's what I was about to say. Yes. Where? So in the movie, in the movie, uh, in the movie when the king is going to go like talk to trainers and whatnot. There's this blonde, so he's talking to one of these, these trainers, and there's this blonde muscle guy walking around. It's John Cena. Yeah, he's uncredited in the movie. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep. So, Rissa, the, here's, the rest, here's the list of wrestlers that were in this movie DDP, Goldberg, Sting, Bam Bam Bigelow, mm-hmm. Randy Savage, Booker T, Sid Vicious, Juventud Guerrera. Kurt Henning, Disco Inferno, dear God, Billy Kidman, Conan, Rey Mysterio Jr., Perry Rey Mysterio was actually injured during this too. Oh, really? Yeah, which is kind of interesting because at the end of the movie it said no wrestlers were harmed in the filming of this movie. But yeah, Rey Mysterio was. Yep. Uh, Perry Saturn, Prince Lucia, yep. Van Hammer, Gorgeous George, Michael Buffer, Gene Okerlund, Tony Schiavone, and Mike Tenay as announcers. Charles Robinson and Billy Silverman as referees, the Nitro and the Nitro Girls, Shea, Fire, Spice, Storm, and Tigress. Yep. Because those are names. Yep. But yeah, you, you have the um I was gonna say unfortunate, but you seem to love it. I liked it. I liked it. I actually liked it. Like watching it. Like watching it over again, I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as I re- like. This isn't as bad as I remember it. 
Apparently, the character of Sal Bandini is a composite of Luthez and Stuart. I, be- I believe that. I 100% believe that. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Don't worry. I'll watch it by next episode, more than likely. So, yeah, it was actually really, really good. I mean, it only has a 23% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but, you know, whatever. Their soundtrack included The Offspring, Kid Rock, Run DMC, P.O.D., House of Pain, Papa Roach, George Clinton, and Molly Crew. What? Yeah, because they played Girls, 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 apparently. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yes. Well, listen to the soundtrack in the shower tomorrow. <laughs> Anyways, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Thank God. I mean, Because now I gotta go watch SmackDown. Oh, yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. So, where can they find you on your social medias? Um, well, on the Twitter, on the podcast Twitter, TNDW Podcast on Twitter. And you can follow me, E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O, pretty much everywhere on social media. Yeah. And so with that, have a week, you guys. Oh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yes, wash your hands. Don't go outside. Don't go outside either. Don't lick doorknobs. Do lick doorknobs. Lick each other, don't don't lick each other, don't lick a doorknob. Lick each other's buttholes, don't lick doorknobs. Wait, I didn't say all that.